Good morning. Happy New Year. Man, what an incredible way to start out the new year. Uh, it's been an amazing morning already, hasn't it? Man, I'm so thankful that you are here with us. Uh, I hope you had a great, a great Christmas uh, season. Uh, I do want to give an update uh, on our Christmas offering. We've, over the last month, been uh, seeking to raise $47,000. Uh, part of that is, well, all of that is going towards our kids' ministry area renovation. Uh, and so we've been kind of updating it every single week. Um, and so I want to give you an update on where we have landed as a church in our giving in uh, December of 2023. Y'all gave $58,000. Wow. Wow. Not only did we hit 100%, we hit 123% of our goal. Glory to God. Thank you all for your generosity. I'm blown away. I just got those numbers literally this morning, and I'm still praising the Lord for that. Uh, I, said, I said it a couple months ago. I've said it over the last month. I was so excited to see uh, what kind of fruit God would produce in us being rooted in the gospel over the last year. And this is, this is so much like a picture of the gospel, not just everything, but over and above, grace upon grace upon grace, abundant generosity and kindness. Uh, Y'all are a reflection of the gospel, and I'm so thankful for you and for what God has done in you and in your hearts. And, uh, you know, we had this year of, of discipleship that we, you know, Andrew mentioned that. We called it the year of discipleship. Our goal was to root ourselves in uh, the gospel. As a church, uh, you know, I've been here three and a half years now, and what I knew going into 2022 was that as a church, we just, we needed to grow in spiritual maturity. Now, that's always true, right? But we had a need to grow in spiritual maturity, and we needed to grow in our, our unity uh, with one another. And, and these things come naturally as you root yourselves uh, deeper and deeper in the gospel. The gospel brings unity. The gospel brings spiritual maturity. And so uh, our next step in growth as we have entered into 2023, our, our next step as I look out at the landscape of where we are at as a church, uh, you know, we, we want to continue to grow deep in the gospel grow deep in the gospel, but we also want to go wide with the gospel. We want to go wide with the gospel. So continue to grow deep in the gospel. We want to go wide with the gospel. And this is what we're calling it, the year of mission, the year of mission. And so we want to take this good news of the gospel that has so radically changed us from the inside out, and we want to get that good news of the gospel to the world. We want to get it to, the, to, the, to our neighbors and our family and our friends, the people of Kershaw County, and want that gospel to extend to the ends of the earth. And so this, this year, I just want to give you a sneak preview of some of the sermon series. Actually, we have six sermon series coming up in 2023. Not every sermon series is going to focus directly on this idea of mission, but it, it's going to be, we're going to weave that in and out throughout the year. But let me just give you uh, kind of a quick preview of the series we'll go through this year. Starting next week, we'll be in a four-week series for the month of January called Leadership in the Church. Leadership in the Church. And the reason we're doing this is because, uh, number one, everything flows from leadership. And so uh, in the church, that is true. And we as a church are going to be moving through some transitions and some changes in the way that we structure our leadership. Uh, and so we're going to walk through the scriptures and how the scriptures uh, 
instruct um, the New Testament church to function in terms of its leaders. And so these are changes and some transitions we'll make over the course of this year that I'm really, really excited for. I've been waiting three years to, for us to move into this phase. And our leadership team, our deacons, uh, we have been working through this and talking about this for the last couple years. And so we're going to go to the Bible, the New Testament, look at leadership in the church through the month of January. All right. And then in February, we're going to move into a 17-week series, the longest series I've ever been a part of uh, or ever done, preached. It's going to be called Acts, the church on the move. And we're going to work through the book of Acts in the New Testament, where we see the church born, we see the church grow, we see leadership flourish within the church, and the gospel go to the ends of the earth. So that will set the stage for what I believe God is going to do in our church this year. So February, March, April, May, we'll be in the book of Acts, walking through um, that book of the Bible. Then we'll spend the summer, uh, summer in the Psalms. So we'll spend nine weeks in the book of Psalms. Um, and so we'll worship the Lord in the Psalms uh, from in July and August. And then as we enter into August, into the fall school year, we'll go into a, an 11-week series called 10 Words to Live By. 10 Words to Live By, and that is a series walking us through the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. And, you know, often we hear the Ten Commandments, and it's a lot of thou shalt not, um, but we kind of miss, like, the gospel implications, even in the law. And so I'm excited for us to spend um, 11 weeks in 10 Words to Live By. That is going to be, if you were here in 20. Uh, 21, we went through a book study. We went through a book called Gentle and Lowly, where we read that together and the sermon series uh, fit with that during the fall of 2021. Uh, this will be similar. We'll be reading through a book literally called 10 Words to Live By, uh, by Jen Wilkin. So excited for that. That will be um, August, September, and into uh, October. Uh, October, we'll jump into a series called Romans 8, uh, Life in the Spirit. So we'll spend six weeks in my favorite uh, chapter in the entire Bible, Romans chapter 8, which is all about life in the Spirit. And so we'll spend uh, six weeks there, and then we'll close out the year in our Advent series called He is Here, four weeks in the month of December. Uh, so I know we're covering the whole year, but I want to just give you a bird's eye view of, of the studies we'll be doing this year as we uh, preach through the scriptures uh, in 2023. And you know, the way that we, we approach the Bible, how we understand the gospel is so, so vitally important. That's why we've, for the last year, talked about the word and immersing ourselves in the word and, and, and talking about the gospel and helping, our, helping us understand the gospel. Uh, the, the Bible calls us to a lot of things. It, it calls us to follow Christ. And the Bible calls us to forsake sin. And the Bible calls us to pursue holiness in our lives. The Bible calls us to a very high and holy calling and a high and holy standing. But and I hope you've, you've kind of grasped this, if you didn't grasp this before this last year. I hope you understand that the Bible, while it calls us to this high and holy standard, it doesn't motivate us by guilt. And it doesn't shame us in our failures. Because we fall short often. Amen? And, and the Bible doesn't motivate us by guilt. And the Bible doesn't shame us for failure. Um, but for many of us, many, many, many of us, that's how we have, that's how we've often heard it, or that's how we've received it or interpreted it. M maybe it's because of our, our church background or our experience in, in, in the church 
prior to this last year. For some of us, maybe it's just the, the lens which, through which we, we interpret it. Maybe it's our, it was our, our home or growing up, the way that we received instruction always felt like guilt and shame um, put upon us. Maybe it's just because of our sin nature, but often the way we hear the commands of Scripture is we, we need to, we ought to, we must, rather than we get to. And so as we've gone through this last year, the idea was when we root ourselves in the gospel, we don't feel like, oh, I have to do this. No, because of the grace of God, I get to. I get to live in this way. I get to enjoy the Lord and the, what he's called me to live. And so I, I'll say this because you know, I didn't come to Christ until late in my teenage years. And, and kind of the way I heard the scriptures was, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And so I, I will confess this as a, as a preacher, as one who proclaims the word of God week in and week out. I think I sometimes struggle to preach the commands of scripture because I don't want it to come across as, you know, I'm trying to twist your arm or guilt you into something. I don't ever want to motivate by guilt. And so I think sometimes I, I maybe am a little soft when it comes to preaching the commands of, of God and the fact that he's called us to holiness and the fact that he's called us to forsake sin. Um, and, so, and so sometimes uh, maybe I'm not as bold in those areas. And I, I want to confess that this morning. Uh, but one of the things that we're called to do one of the things that, that God calls us to unequivocally to is, is this idea of evangelism. Y'all know what evangelism is? It, it's, it's sharing our faith. It's speaking about Christ. It's telling the good news of the gospel to others. It's leading people to faith in Christ, a relationship with God through Jesus and what he has done on the cross. This is called evangelism. And, and, and so, uh, that's one of the things that we're called to very clearly in the New Testament. Uh, but actually, evangelism is part of our, our larger calling. And that larger calling is to make disciples. You know, Jesus, before he left, he called us to go and make disciples of, of all the nations. Uh, Y'all, I, I realize it's, man, it's toasty in here. We had the heat on because it was cold a couple weeks ago, and now it's whew, blazing hot. Um, I'm not even bringing it yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get the fans out, y'all. Um, but making disciples. So discipleship is this. Discipleship, if you've heard this term, discipleship is becoming and growing as a disciple of Jesus. It's being a follower of Jesus. It's, it's becoming a follower of Jesus, but it's also growing in uh, our faith in Jesus. And so to make disciples is to take an active part in helping others meet Jesus. Thank you. I heard the air turn on. There we go. Praise the Lord for, for yeah, central air. <laughs> um, so making disciples is us taking an active part in helping others to come to Christ and to grow in Christ, making disciples. This is what the year of mission is all about. We've been trying to root ourselves in the gospel, like learn what it means and grow in this, this act of, of following Jesus. Now, this year, we don't want to just sit on our behinds with that good news. We want to help others to hear and experience this life, this full life, that you and I have in Christ. This is what the year of mission is all about. It's about us actually living on mission. 
And so I just want to read a couple of verses this morning. We're just going to walk through Colossians 1. This morning's sermon is titled, Him We Proclaim. We're going to be in Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Um, and just as a spoiler, this is actually our, uh, this is going to be our benediction uh, passage for 2023. Colossians 1, 28 and 29, and I just felt like, hey, we ought to start out the year by walking through this, these couple verses. And so Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29, here's what, what Paul says to the church, the followers uh, in Colossae. He says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Now, we're going to just kind of walk through phrase by phrase. We're not going to spend a ton of time here, and then we're going to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper together. But let's, let's kind of dive into these couple verses for a few minutes. This very first phrase, verse number 28, he says, Him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. So you may have the question, like, who is the him that it's referring to? If you have your Bible open, you might see this in the very preceding verse, verse 27. It says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's pointing to Jesus Christ who is in you. He is the hope of glory. He is the him who we are speaking about here. Him we proclaim. Christ we proclaim. So what does that word proclaim mean? Just, just think about it. It means to, to preach. A lot of translations translate that word as, as preach. We preach Christ. Uh, so it means to preach, to declare, to announce. This good news that we talk about is an announcement of good news. So it's something we announce, something we make known. So him we proclaim. This is really the foundation of all discipleship. This is foundation for all of our lives. He is the one we proclaim. So what this tells us is that we are not, we don't, we don't have responsibility. We're not responsible for how people respond to Jesus, but we are responsible for letting people know about Jesus. We're not responsible for what they do. They may reject it. They may receive him. They may ponder it and, and sit on it for a while. We're not responsible for how people respond to Jesus, but we are responsible to let people know about Jesus and who he is and what he has done. Him we proclaim. That is our responsibility. It all starts with him. It all starts with Christ. Discipleship begins with us sharing Christ. So, him we proclaim. This next phrase, he goes on to say this, warning everyone and teaching everyone. And then he kind of ends that, that verse by saying that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So here, here's, what you hear, here's what you learn about the gospel, is the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. We want to warn everyone and teach everyone and so we can present everyone mature in Christ. This gospel, this good news of what Jesus has done for us in coming and dying for our sins and being raised from the dead and victory over death and hell and the grave. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what he has done. We are, this gospel is for everyone. It's for everyone without fail. Every single person. And what he says that we're to do with this good news as we proclaim it is we're to warn everyone and teach everyone. So we're to warn everyone. Y'all know what it is to, to, to be warned, right? Maybe as a child you were warned 
often, right, don't do this. If you do this, this is going to happen. Children are looking at the parents like, "Mm." (laughs) Um, maybe you were warned in school. Um, Maybe you're at a job where you've had a warning or two warnings, or maybe you've been let go from a a profession or a job because you didn't heed the warnings, right? Um, To warn is to help impart understanding. It actually, you could actually translate this word as, as, as counseling, It's to offer counseling, to help somebody understand, to help uh, impart understanding. Listen, a warning, sometimes we take that as like we, we clinch up when we think of like being warned. But a warning is an act of care. A warning is an act of concern. Like, listen, I'm concerned about what is ahead if you don't act differently, if you don't turn the other way. It's as if... You know, you, you've, you maybe have heard the, the illustration of, you know, you're driving down a road and someone's flagging you down because the bridge ahead is out. What are they doing? They're, they're warning you. That is an act of care. They're, they're acting in such a way to save your life. A warning is an act of care and concern. And so he says, as we proclaim him, we're warning people. We're warning people of, of what is ahead if they don't turn their life over to the God of the universe who loves them and created them. We're, we're not being loving and caring if we don't tell them about the judgment that is ahead. And so he says we proclaim him because we want to warn everyone and we want to teach everyone. So, so all of us, we need teaching. We need to grow in our understanding of who God is. The, the goal, so here's what we see here. The goal isn't just for people to profess Christ. The goal isn't just for people to get out of hell and to get into heaven. No, he says we, we warn everyone and we teach everyone that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Listen, my goal isn't to just get as many people as possible to pray the sinner's prayer. My goal is not for you to just check off a box and go, I'm going to heaven now. I'm, I'm not going to hell. That's not my goal. The goal of gospel ministry is that everyone would be mature in Christ. It's that you would have a relationship with God through Jesus, that you would put your faith in Christ, and that you would begin to grow into the likeness of God, that you would be more and more like Jesus in the way that you love people, the way that you serve people, the way that you live your life in holiness before God. That is the goal, that we would warn and teach everyone so that we could present everyone mature in Christ. And, and there's three words that are kind of tucked in there that I think are important. It says, we warn everyone and we teach everyone with all what? With all wisdom. You know, sometimes we uh, are nervous about sharing our faith because we've seen it Um, done in a way that was maybe not with a lot of wisdom. It was a lot of like, um, you you know, I was, I love when people talk about like beating over the head with their Bible. Uh, That's why I carry a big Bible. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we, 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 we tend to think of sharing our faith as like, man, I'm going to cram this down your throat. I'm going to warn you. Like my warning is turn or burn. You know, there's just not a lot of grace and love and concern there. It's, it's, uh, yeah, obligation. Like I've been told I must do this. And it's not done out of, of love. It's not done with, 
with wisdom. So with all wisdom, uh, this is just important because, again, my goal this year isn't for us to just go and proclaim and to stand on the street corners, even though it's fine to do, or to beat people over the head with the Bible. Um, sometimes that's appropriate, okay, if you know them and love them. That was supposed to be funny. Um, <clears throat> but the goal is that we would proclaim Jesus with all wisdom, that we would do it with humility, that we would use gracious words, that we would have a gracious spirit, that we are warning people that we love, that we care about, because we know what is on the other side of their disobedience to God. So it's with, with grace, it's with kindness, it's with a caring heart. Colossians, later on in chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, it, it says it this way, walk in wisdom toward outsiders. It means those who are outside of a relationship with Jesus. Walk in wisdom toward them, making the best use of the time. Listen, here's what it says. The best use of your time in 2023 is to consider the way that you walk towards those who are outside of Christ. You want to you wanna come through this year and go, man, I, I, I made the best use of my time. We're not talking about time management skills here. We're talking about have you spent your year walking in wisdom and in grace and kindness towards people who don't know Jesus. This is the way to make the best use of your time this year. And he goes on to say this, let your speech, the way you speak, always be what? Let your speech always be what? Gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Speak in a way that is full of grace and, and humility. And then he goes on this next phrase. He says, for this, verse number 29, for this I toil. We, we don't use that word toil often. It's in, in a lot of other translations, it uses the word labor. For this, I labor, I work hard, I feel fatigue, even to the point of exhaustion is what, what Paul is saying here. For this, to proclaim him, to warn others, to, uh, to teach others, to present the mature in Christ, this is the purpose for which I, I labor. Like, I give my energy towards this goal. For this, I toil. This means that we give, listen now, that we give effort to this. That we actually give effort to this. And this is why this is, this is going to be the emphasis of this, this year. Be because, listen, I, I get it. I live in, 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 the, in the flesh, in the same skin. Not the same skin you do. That would be weird. That doesn't make sense. I, I live in the same world you live in. I know how life goes. We don't naturally drift towards sharing Jesus with other people. We don't naturally drift towards sharing good news with people. That's, that's, that's not how we, that, that's not just the natural course of our lives. We have to actually give effort to it. We have to be focused on it. We have to be looking for it. We have to be praying for it if we're going to do it. We have to toil towards it. It's, it's labor. It doesn't come naturally. And Paul says, for this, I toil. And, and then he adds this incredibly important, like final 
final phrase on here that we can't miss. Because, yes, we need to labor towards this end. We need to give as much as we can, as much effort as we can towards this end to proclaim Jesus. But he says this, struggling, for this I toil, struggling with all whose energy? His energy that he powerfully works in me. So Paul says this, that, man, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working hard, but he works as I work. He works as I work. When I give effort towards this, when I work towards this end, I'm not on my own. I'm not doing this in my own strength. I'm not doing this in my own power. I'm not doing this in my own wisdom. Man, he is the one. I'm struggling, but I struggle and I toil and I labor. He is the one that powerfully, like he gives me all the energy. He powerfully works within me to do this. So as I work, he works. Because if, if you and I were left to just do this on our own, to just try to preach Jesus or to share like good news of Christ with others, if we just did this in our own power, man, we would fail and we would fail and we would fail. If, if the person who was trying to, at one point in your life, if you know Jesus, whoever it was that shared Christ with you, if they were only dependent on their own strength and their own wisdom and their own ability, you wouldn't be sitting here today. It is because the power of God that works in us. And so every single one of us, unless you have the spiritual gift of evangelism, and what I've learned in 30 years of following Jesus is it feels like very few people actually have the spiritual gift of evangelism. Most people are like, mm, not me, I'm terrible at that. Most pastors I know don't have the gift of evangelism, but we're called to share the good news. And so praise the Lord that it's not just us, like, walking out on our own in our own strength. He has said, man, if you will step in this direction, I will powerfully work in you and through you. I will give you the energy to pull this off. And so he works as I work. On one hand, it's not all dependent on me, but on the other hand, he wants to use willing vessels. If we would just say, man, I want to give myself to this end. And, and so let me just summarize these couple verses um, in a few ways for us in the year 2023. Okay, let me just give you four quick thoughts, uh, and then we'll move on. Here, here's the first one. We don't experience full life unless we're living on mission. We don't experience full life, the life that Jesus came to give us, the life that God designed us to have and to experience. We don't experience that unless we're living on mission unless we're taking Jesus and giving him to others. Now listen, you may have a good year, you may even have a great year, but you won't have a full life that God has designed you for. I won't have a full life that God has designed me for unless I am sharing Jesus with others. And, and some of you are like, I don't, even, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that looks like. And I, I believe that's why God is pushing us in the direction of this year of mission. Because for those of us, if you don't know what it's like to be able to point someone to Jesus, and maybe you direct them all the way to his doorstep and they put their faith in him. Maybe they don't. But there is a joy unlike any other when you can share 
the life-changing, the eternity-changing good news of the gospel with someone who has no idea what that looks like. When you can share good news with someone who is broken and without hope and you can give them hope, man, it is, it is a full life that God wants for every single one of his children. And if you haven't experienced that, listen, again, I'm not here to shame you, but I want to encourage you. This is what God wants for us this year. And so we need to understand we don't experience full life unless we're living on mission. And so this is a year where we can start moving in that direction. Here's a second thought. Living on mission means we're actively involved in making disciples. Living on mission. When we talk about us living on mission, what that means is we're actively involved in making disciples. That means I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to help someone else come to faith in Jesus and or I'm helping somebody to grow up in their faith in Jesus. I'm helping somebody that maybe is younger in their faith or I'm helping somebody who is totally outside of a relationship with Christ. I'm trying to help them get to a place of knowing who God is and putting their faith in him. So that starts with praying for them. That starts with praying for opportunities that God would give you to speak to them over the course of this year. But it's, it's somehow being active. And prayer, I, like make, let me make sure I like stress this, that praying for that person's soul is being active. It's being active. And so for, for some of you, you know people who don't know Jesus. You know people that need the hope of Christ. Hey, step number one is this. Pray for their soul. Pray that this would be the year that God would reveal himself to them. For some, that's going to mean um, they're going to go through something hard, and they're going to come to rock bottom. But at rock bottom, they find the rock of ages. But it starts with praying for them, actively involved in this mission of making disciples, helping others, investing in others. Here's a third idea, and we've already kind of touched on this. God will work through us if we will work for him. God will work through us if we will work for him. But again, we've got to step out in faith. We've got to step out in labor to this, and we've got to give effort toward this. But the promise, the beautiful promise is, is that he will work through us if we will work for him. Here, here's um, one, more, one more thing that I want to share. And this is just a practical thing. Let's start with gospel conversations. Let's start with, with having this in mind, this gospel conversations. So what I mean is, is conversations that lead to, to Jesus. And so again, this starts with praying for opportunities. God, I'm praying for this person that needs Jesus. God, would you give me throughout this year, would you give me opportunities? Would you open doors that I could share Jesus with them? Because the, there's not really an easy transition to go, you know, from talking about whatever, you, you know, the, the daily stuff is to transition to Jesus. And so, God, I need you to open doors for me. I need you to, to, to swing those doors open that I can just simply walk through them by faith. And, and listen, there's, there's all kinds of opportunities. If you, here's the one I always think of. Listen for brokenness. When you hear people talk about brokenness, which we, we all talk about brokenness in our lives every single day, there's an opportunity to point them to the one that heals all brokenness. And so 
gospel conversations. And I'm not saying you have to like all of a sudden crack open your Bible every time you speak with someone, but God, give me opportunities to have a gospel conversation, something that is pointing somebody towards Jesus. Maybe it's just opening the door a slight crack and you'll give somebody else an opportunity to fully share, but God, would you give me opportunities? For, so pray for opportunities, pray for open doors, pray for simple ways to show or to share the gospel. Maybe God just gives you an opportunity to, to serve someone well and to represent the gospel so that you can at some point speak the gospel to them. But the goal being, man, if they're going to put their faith in Jesus, at some point they need to hear about Jesus. And so God, give me opportunities for gospel conversations. Because here, here is what is true. At the end of the day, it is all about the gospel. It is all about the gospel. So I have been kind of in my mind this morning, I, I walked through the past week of my life, all right? Uh, I don't know what the last week of the year is for you. Typically for me, it's, it's kind of restful. Um, it's not as hurried or as busy as the rest of the year. Um, this week, this, this past week for me was not one of those restful weeks um, because of a number of things. But I kind of walked through this past week in my life and it was like, okay, like if, if it's all about the gospel, how did... What are the gospel implications? How did the gospel impact every single thing I did this week? And so I just want to walk you for a second through my week and how everything really is all about the gospel. Um, I mean, it started with, you know, we had Christmas Eve services and we had Christmas Day. Um, and Christmas is all about Jesus. It's all about the gospel, right? Uh, the gifts and all that, that extra stuff that's fun. But it's all about the fact that Jesus came and, and died for us, that he was born um, and would grow up and live a perfect life and die and be resurrected for us. Christmas is all about us. And then on, gosh, what was it? Was it Monday or Tuesday? We went and prayed with, uh, it was Monday. Went and prayed with Kim Therian, uh, one of our own, who had uh, a huge surgery in Charleston on, on Tuesday, which if you've been praying for Kim, uh, continue praying for her. She is home as of last night. Uh, surgery went well. It was successful, but please continue to pray for, for Kim. But we uh, prayed with Kim about this uh, extensive surgery that she was having. Uh, and and it, because of the gospel, there was a hope and a peace that she had that, listen, I'm, I'm not in the hands of a surgeon. I'm in the hands of the Father. And so I can rest and I can have peace because of the gospel. And, and then my wife and I took this, you know, spontaneous, crazy trip to New York City on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, um, Tuesday night and Wednesday and came back on Thursday. We went to see and support our friend Andrew Poston, who's here leading worship with us this morning. Um, we said, okay, this may, might be our only chance to get up there. Uh, and so we're going to drive up to New York City and spend um, less than 24 hours. We spent more time on the road than we spent in New York City, but we got to see Andrew and it was a blessing. And, you know, what does the gospel have to do with that? Um, I mean, our friendship, our relationship is about the gospel. I know that guy because we are partners in the gospel here. And I love that man. It's because of the gospel. That relationship exists. And then we come back, we, like we rush back because I have a funeral to do on Friday. Uh, Pat, Patricia Renfro, one of our own, who'd been here for years and years, uh, went home to be with the Lord on December 18th, which was two Sundays ago. Uh, and so, so Friday, uh, I had to do a funeral for Pat. Do you think the gospel matters at a funeral? 
First Thessalonians 4, one of the things I read uh, was the fact that we grieve because as long as death is involved, um, which there, we saw that in Revelation 21 a couple weeks ago, that there's coming a day when death will be no more. But as long as death is involved, grieving will be involved as well. But First Thessalonians 4 says that we who know Christ, we can grieve, but not as others who have no hope. We can grieve with hope because of Jesus who died and rose again. If we are in Christ, we too shall rise again. And we have the hope of knowing we will see her one day. We will be reunited with her again one day. And so throughout the course of this funeral, not just with me, but other family members are proclaiming him, the one who is able to save. Because why? Because when you come to a moment of considering the frailty of life, when you come to this moment of facing death, the only hope that we have is Christ, that he has died and been raised again for our salvation, that we can be made new. And listen, it was no coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences at all. The day that, that Pat went home to be with the Lord, I found out when I came to church that morning. And you know what I was preaching from that day? Revelation chapter 21 very end of the Bible, where Jesus says, behold, I am making all things new. And heaven is going to be a place with no more death, no more crying, no more mourning, no more tears. And on the very day when Pat took her first step into the presence of Jesus, that's what her home church was preaching about, is the glory of eternity with Christ. It's all about the gospel. So <clears throat> we ended 2022 watching a football game. <laughs> Thank you for your condolences. <laughs> those of you, those of you, stop it. <laughs> those of you that know my Buckeyes lost, literally as fireworks were going off, as the clock switched from 11.59 to 12, my team was missing a field goal that cost them the game. All right. <laughs> Am I going to survive? Maybe. Yes, <laughs> I will. You know why I'll survive? Because my hope is not in a football game. My hope is not in a team. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will win 1,000% of the time. He has ultimate victory. My hope is in Jesus. We, we got... I got news this morning about this. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Moving along, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I got news this morning of this total donations for uh, this Christmas offering. That also, by the way, doesn't necessarily include anything that may have came in yesterday. Um, if anything came in last minute, um, fifty-eight thousand dollars, 123 percent of our goal. Just so blessed by that. Um, but one of the things I got during the week was, uh, was this note. We had a donation that came in. Um, I want to read this to you. We have, so we have a couple in our church who their, their grandparents um, live states, multiple states away. Um, and so their grandkids are in this church. Their, their great-grandchildren are growing up in this church. And so they sent a donation. And this is what they wrote. They said, friendship. Huh. 
We want to invest in our great-grandchildren's future. With the remodel, we pray that these grandkids, great-grandkids, will have the wonderful opportunity to learn of Christ and his love. May God continue to bless friendship as you bring the gospel to the world. Merry Christmas. Y'all, that's because of the gospel. It is all about the gospel. Listen, I can't wait for this, this side of our building to be fresh and new, not to smell like old carpet. <laughs> and it's, we're well on our way, y'all. It's amazing in there so far. It's down to the studs. And we're going to rebuild it. And it's going to be a picture of the gospel. <laughs> that we tear down what was broken, and we renew, we renew and we restore, and we make brand new. And it's going to be amazing. Can't wait for that to be done. And for our building to look better. But y'all... The purpose for that isn't just so we have a nicer facility. The purpose for that is that we would reach the next generation with the gospel. Amen. Amen? It's all about the gospel. Thank you for your generosity. You are actively participating, and I want to encourage you, and I want to cheer you on and, and come alongside you as this year we strive to proclaim his name, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we might present them mature in Christ. Man, I already got this benediction down better than last year's. It's awesome. So we're going to move into a time of worshiping the Lord, continuing to worship the Lord through the Lord's Supper. This is